The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. I'd like to share a story with you that I heard a few years ago from one of my colleagues, one of my fellow Chabad rabbis from Beijing, China. His name is Rabbi Shimon Freundlach. He runs a very busy, active Chabad house catering to the local Jewish population in Beijing, as well as the many Jewish business people that come to Beijing for periods of time. He's a very friendly man, and anyone who stops by his Chabad house always feels welcome, from the most religious to the most secular. And he has that type of group. You have many Hasidim from Williamsburg that do business in Beijing, so you have from the very religious, and you have a lot of secular Jews. This is their only place to go. And it's a beautiful mix of Jews from all over the world, from all levels of observance, in a different part of the world, all coming together feeling as one. So on one of the trips that Rabbi Freundlich took to New York, he was invited by the Satmar Hasidim of Williamsburg to spend Shabbos there. And he was asked at the gathering that would take place in the Satmar Rebbe Shul to say a few words, tell a story. Now that was an oddity. For a Chabad rabbi to be asked in a different Hasidic sect, especially a Satmar Hasidic sect, to get up in the Satmar Rebbe synagogue and talk, it's not common. Rabbi Fernloch got up and he said, I'll share a story with you. And he went on telling a story. He said, you know, on Friday night, we always have a lot of people that come to the Chabad house. And this particular Friday night, this 80-year-old man came in together with a 40-year-old man, and they sat down in the back of the synagogue. As soon as the elderly man sat down, he put his head in his hands, and he began to cry. And it was constant. It wouldn't stop. So I walked towards the back of the synagogue. I put my hand on his shoulder and just said, is, is everything okay? And he looked up and he said, yeah, it's fine. Just leave me be. And he continued to go on with his weepings. Services ended. He has a dinner for all of his guests for services. They go from the synagogue to the dining room. He asked this man, would you like to please sit next to me? He invited him to his table. He sat down with him. And he's telling over the, this group of Satmar Hasidim in Williamsburg that his tradition is that he asks each of his guests to say a few words if they would like. Where are you from and how did you get here? With some of their background. And so this man was asked, would you like to say a few words? And he said, yes. He stood up and he said, my name is Samuel Katz. And the reason I agreed to speak is to explain my emotion. The last time I was in a synagogue was over 60 years ago in Poland. I was a young man then when the Germans came in and they took my entire city to Buchenwald. I was there for four years, and in those four years, I lost everything. My parents, my father, mother, brothers and sisters, friends, all killed. Some of them before my very eyes. But I survived. I got out at the end of the war, and after a few years of searching for any family members or friends with no results, I moved to Australia. I was totally alone and very angry at God. I succeeded at business. I made a lot of money. I got married, had children, but my wounds and my anger was so deep that I resolved 
never to walk into a synagogue or have anything to do with Judaism again. And so it has been all these years. I'm on this business trip to Beijing, and he points to his 40-year-old, and my young little partner here tells me that for Friday night, he goes to the Chabad synagogue. I should come with him. I said, synagogue? I don't do that. I don't do synagogues. He says, it's not really synagogue. It's dinner. They serve a good Friday night dinner. Before the dinner, they do a little service type thing, but it's not synagogue. It's dinner. It's a good dinner. I thought it over. I said, dinner, that I can do. And I come in, and I sit down moments ago in the sanctuary, and at that moment, it just hits me, and it hits me hard. This is where I was raised. This is where I've been when I was a child. The prayers, they were all familiar to me, a distance away, but it was me. And suddenly images of my Zaydi, my Bubby, my father, my mother, my uncles, my aunts, they're flashing all over the place, and I'm totally out of control in emotion. All I can say to all of you was that the only thing I felt during that emotional, painful time was I want to go back home. And this is my home. Being here with all of you, although we never met, this is my home. This is where I belong. Rabbi Freundlich is telling the story to a very quiet Satmar Shul, and he continues. He says, after Mr. Katz finished his talk, and everyone is emotional in the room, and everyone's with tears in their eyes, a woman stood up and said, Tell me, Mr. Katz, if you were in Buchenwald until the end, perhaps, perhaps you knew my father. His name is Naftuli Kogin. He was also in Buchenwald until the end, and he also survived. At that point, Samuel Katz's jaw dropped. His eyes bolted open. Naftuli? Naftuli Kogin? Er leapt? He's alive? Just here, my father's alive. Naftuli Kogin leapt? Naftuli Kogin is alive? Do I know your father? We were the best friends. We were the closest friends. In fact, there were three of us that were inseparable. We were known as the three Kohanim of Buchenwald. Each of us was a Kohen. And wherever we went, we would bless people because we were the Kohanim of Buchenwald. And wherever we went, people asked us to bless them. But when the liberation came, I could no longer find Naftuli. And I looked for him, and I checked for him, and I looked for him for years thereafter, and I thought for certain he died. Naftuli leapt, your father's alive. And you can imagine what this room in Beijing, China, was experiencing at this moment, seeing an individual, Samuel Katz, who for 60 years did not walk into a synagogue. And the first moment that he got over his anger and he entered into a synagogue, he is already connected to his past in such a most powerful way. And Rabbi Freundloch continues and he says it was immediately after Shabbat that Naftuli Kogan was on the phone with Samuel Katz. And the two then get together and were reunited and fell upon each other's shoulders crying 60 years of tears. The shul in Williamsburg is very quiet until they hear a cry 
coming out from the shul. And they turn around and they see that the Rosh Yeshiva, the dean of the Satma Yeshiva, is crying hysterically. And he yells out to Rabbi Freundlich, Zog Shmuel! Zog Naftali! Tell Shmuel and tell Naftali that the third Kayin is also alive. My name is Yaakov Khan. I was the third Kohen of the group. I also thought they died. I also didn't find them. And in telling over this story in Williamsburg, Brooklyn that day, the three Kayhanim of Buchenwald soon thereafter were reunited again. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire.org.